Hello again, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This week, we're excited to host fellow event planner and friend of the podcast, Laura Yarbrough from Laura Yarbrough Events. We dive into the hospitality side of events and why you should make sure it plays a part in your planning process. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. You want to say hi, Mary? Hi, everyone. Nice to see you, kind of, in, in this virtual space. Glad you're here. Yeah, we're back in your in your ears again with another exciting episode. And we're not going to do too much of an intro because we are just so excited about this week's guest, and we want to save as much po- as much time as possible for her. So, Mary, if you want to give introduce Lara Yarbrough, who's going to be joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we are so excited for Laura to be here. She's a friend of ours and also very experienced in the topic that we're bringing her in to discuss today. So for a brief introduction of Laura, she is the owner of Laura Yarbrough Events and is an event planner, strategist, and certified project manager specializing in hospitality, meeting design, and VIP protocol and etiquette for corporate sports, luxury, and of course, VIP events. So she was raised in the south of the United States, which is known for its southern hospitality, of course, as well as the decades she lived abroad in South America and Asia. And those experiences have made a huge impact on her approach to hospitality, cultural awareness, protocol, and event strategy. She is relocating to the UK in 2021, where she will run her event business as well as some other small business projects with her husband. So Laura, we're going to throw it to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, I think you covered everything in that introduction. And I always like to touch on where I come from, because that is a huge um, reason that I got into event hospitality. So if you don't mind, I'll just explain a little bit about being from the South. Go for it. Um, So if anybody's been to the South, you may know that we're kind of famous for Southern hospitality and the phrase never meet a stranger. And um, although I'm a little bit shy and introverted, I still like to live up to that phrase, never meet a stranger. And I carry that into my events as well. And so when I decided to focus on event hospitality, I did so after thinking, um, where does that I come from? And also what events in the past that I enjoyed the most. And those were the ones where I was helping the event guests feel the most comfortable. And those are the events that I felt the most confident in what I was doing and made me feel like I was a great event worker and planner um, and whatnot. Very cool. Well, and one of the big reasons why we wanted to ask you here, Lara, was because you and I have worked on a number of events uh, back when we lived in Shanghai. That's how we first met. And I was like trying to list out all the events we did. And I was like, it really runs the gamut from our sporting events to corporate and a couple nonprofit. Uh, But constantly, I know hospitality was a common thread throughout them all. Um, Mm -hmm. The one that comes to mind, I guess, is working the player desk with you for the Juhai Open 
Um, and that was in Zhuhai, China, right outside like Hong Kong and Macau and getting to like be the epitome of hospitality, I guess, or you were <laughs> in charge of um, all of the room arrangements and accommodations and all the hotel relations for the players. And I was doing all the transportation stuff. So very excited to have you here. And I know I, I've never gotten to ask you this question, but I'm very curious. What was your first experience with hospitality? And if it needs to be more specific, like hospitality in events? So that was actually quite easy. Um, it was the 2012 Olympics in London. So um, kind of hosting Olympic sponsors and families and friends of the athletes. So they would all come to London. And basically, I was recruited to help um, like show them around, help with their hotels, get them from their hotel to the venue and like run around and run errands for them, basically. And it was really good about four week experience, two weeks of kind of practice and two weeks of guests actually being there. And that's the whole reason that I decided to go into events. I love that. And I, I'm just, I have to say, super intrigued about this topic, which kind of leads us into our second question, which is how do we all define hospitality? And I'm intrigued personally, because I, I'm not completely certain. And so um, we'll share our definitions. And I'll just start off since I'm, I'm already talking. And so for me with hospitality, I think of like the hotel industry, like that is what I always think of when I hear hospitality. And then additionally, when I have heard of like um, universities that have event programs, they usually are kind of under a hospitality type of degree that kind of includes events or something like that. So when I think like of the logistics behind it, that's kind of what comes to mind. But also I'm going to be like a super nerd just for like a second. And <laughs> I Googled it before we started because I was like, I need to figure out what this really is. So <clears throat> I'm going to read you the Oxford definition of hospitality, which is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. So that is my answer. I feel like we should have ended with that because that would have been a nice yeah. like back check for all of us. But that's I think that's great to see that. I, think I ruined it. No, we're very, all right. Every This is a safe place. It's a safe place. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. I guess we could have prefaced with that. Yeah, I think um, – I definitely for defining hospitality would originally think some along those same lines, Mary, like you of that it's, you know, all about hotels and even like food and beverage and catering I might put under hospitality. Um, but for me, it was, I think, similar experience to you, Laura, of like working in sports and realizing there's actually like even more granular versions of hospitality because like athlete hospitality is very different than sponsor hospitality. And this is more I would define it as like the customer experience and whoever you define the customer or the client or the guest um, and seeing so different because I, time and time again in China, we saw organizations, companies, whatever, that were very good at customer service, but clearly not with this one specialized group. And a lot of times it was athletes. They didn't know how to deal with athlete dietary requests or the size of beds or laundry or not being able to go on a five hour tour because they've had to go to practice. Like it was all these different specialized things. So um Mine's definitely evolved, but that's why, Laura, I really would love to hear how you define hospitality. Well, mine's evolved as well since doing a lot of those sports events because um, I had to kind of take a step back in the last year when there wasn't so much to do except think. And so I came up with my own meanings of hospitality, both of which you covered, but I have several meanings. And so the first one, it's more like a... Um, 
clarification is that it's not just the job of someone who works in hotels. Because a lot of people will think if you go to school for hospitality management, you're learning how to work in a hotel. Yep. Um, and it's real. this is real similar to the Oxford um, dictionary definition. For me, it's making someone's time with you, whether it's in your home or at an event, memorable, enjoyable, and easy. There's a lot of different ways to do that. The most important thing um, with that is to understand who the actual event guest is, because like Logan just said, athletes and sponsors have totally different requirements. So another thing it means is understanding the needs, the wants, the habits, common issues faced of all your event attendees and even your client and your partners. It also means personalizing the experience. So I've shown up in a hotel room before with a handwritten note with my name on it. Something as simple as personalizing that, you know, arrival to a hotel that was really hospitable. And you can, you know, take it like light years away and involve technology and a lot of expensive things to make that more um, personal. But um, that's also a meaning of hospitality for me. And it also is building genuine connections with everyone involved with your project. For us, it's events. And it's hospitality between you and the client, you and the event guests, you and the venue, you and the uh, partners, and you and your team. So I've worked with clients before, and they're just not nice. And I don't want to work with them anymore because the hospital, like there was no hospitality, mutual hospitality each way. So basically, it's a relationship, it's rapport, trust building, and exchange. It's not just a, a one way thing that we give to somebody else. It's a osmosis, I guess. Two way street. Yeah. Two way street. Yeah. So it means a lot of things, but um, basically an expansion on the dictionary definition. I love it. I have a, I have a clarifying question just because I'm, I'm curious. So what I'm hearing, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, is that hospitality is essentially like the, the customer service of the event industry, except more so. Like, well, I like what you just said mm -hmm. at the end. It's more... Um, you said osmosis, so I'm going to say that too. It's <laughs> that back and forth relationship. But you think customer service is a little bit, but like more so. Mm -hmm. So is that right? Is that kind of like, a, yeah, I'm not trying to I've, necessarily sum it up, but just clarifying. I've even said um, it's before it's, it's like customer service, but more because customer service is satisfying the needs. Hospitality is satisfying the needs and the emotional needs. Because if you think back on events, you, the ones that you remember the best are the ones you had an emotional attachment to. Right. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So Laura, how do you see hospitality like as a part of your event planning process with keeping in mind, like if I'm listening to this and I'm an event planner and maybe I've never used the word hospitality before <laughs> to describe what I do, how, how do you kind of interweave that into your planning process? So Two ways, actually. So if you're thinking about the alphabet and you're an event planner, um, you can get almost to the end of the alphabet. Um, but to get to the end, to get to the final letter, you need hospitality to get you those last few steps. We also need hospitality at every point along the way um, because it doesn't just show up when your event guests arrive. So it's during the whole process, planning with your clients and the venue and your partners. Um, so 
That's like the short version. The long version. So if you think back on events that you've been to, what do you think? I'm going to ask you a question now. What do you think were the most hospitable or what do you have the best memories of? Well, I think you're... You're spot on. I had more my example, not necessarily of, of me being at an event, but as an event person, a way that I think I've tried to embody hospitality would be when I work with people at events, trying to write a handwritten thank you note to them. Because like you said, it's just the little things that, mm-hmm. you know, you say it verbally and you write it in an email. And for whatever reason, I know that I always felt it when I was a volunteer or a worker or any, usually when I was volunteering, it was a, an easy way for me to feel valued was if they gave us like thank you notes later or at the end of it, where they're clearly someone took the time uh, to write my name out. And I would say it'd be the same experience. I was a guest at an event, um, having a handwritten note of some form, again, just shows that you were special. So I know as a planner, even when I've been doing virtual events now, I've been trying to, especially when I work larger events with a larger team, um, I love writing them. They're just really fun. And it makes me happy. And I hope it makes the people who receive it a little happier, too. It does. Yeah, I've I've been on the receiving end of that too. (laughs) Yeah. From you, though. (laughs) That wasn't to fish for compliments. That was just something I know. Someone else did it to me, and then I was like, oh, I should totally do this. And I love mail. Sorry, sidebar. I I love mail, receiving mail. Yes. And so, again, to me, I'm like, I feel like I'm just putting it in the universe. If I'm mailing things to other people, then I get mail too. Totally. Yeah. Mary, do you have an answer though for Laura's question? <laughs> or do yeah, you yeah, defer well, like me? Kind of. So yeah, you, Logan, likes to use the the term surprise and delight. And um, I don't know where you got it from, but I've heard you use it a lot and I love it. And I feel like that maybe is a good explanation of hospitality. And um, when I think of events, I, I'm trying to think of like a specific example, but for me, I think it's just anything that like that handwritten note or something like that, where it just makes me go like, oh, that was nice. You know, like kind of catches you off guard and it's kind of like, oh, I, that was, that was, that just really was nice of somebody to do that. Um, and I think there's like lots of just, I mean, I think it depends, but for me, it's like the little things. And a lot of it happens, um, you know, like when you're entering an event, like that's, I feel like where it kind of sets the tone or when you're leaving. And then of course, during, so I'm basically just describing an entire event, but <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know if I have a specific example. Excited to learn more, but yeah, it's definitely that feeling of, oh, that was nice. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's my point. So in the short term, after an event that you've been to, it may have like really, really sweet AV or some set or some show, and you'll walk away and you'll tell everybody about that. Um, but down the road, whether it's a year later or five years later, you're going to remember the little things like the handwritten note because you had an emotional attachment to it. So as part of the event planning process, um, as attendees ourselves, we remember bad hospitality if we ever felt unwelcome or confused or any other negative emotion. And we definitely remember the good hospitality. Like you'll remember if the person knew who you were when you first arrived, but you never met them before, like that's great hospitality. It makes you feel like a VIP. So um, in the event planning process, I think we have to think of our goals are not the same as our client's goals. So our goals is happy client on time, on budget. We kind of confuse that and think, oh, our our clients, their goals are an event on time and on budget. But actually, it's more 
We want our brand awareness to be raised. We want our ticket prices to increase for the next year and the event profile to be raised and return on investment to be raised. So to do that, I think we need hospitality. And there's like tangible things that we can do, like handwritten notes um, and um, greeting guests with their first name when they arrive, because there's a lot of research you can do on LinkedIn and whatnot to find out who people are before they even arrive and prepare in that way. And so I know we had planned to talk about how you can use hospitality to reach event goals. So I'll just go right into that. So there's a few things that need to happen. And the first is understanding those goals. So remember our event goals are not the same as our client event goals. And then the next thing, and this is what I like to emphasize is to see hospitality in a new light. So not just the, oh, it's just that job that people in hotels do. It's more of a, a, a ideal or core value to live up to. So for me, hospitality is a core value, just like success and money may be the core value of some people or community and service is a core value of um, others. For me, it's hospitality. Um, and it's, not just boxes you have to tick in the event planning process. Like I have to book their rooms. I have to book their transportation. I have to order their food. That's, you know, it's more of a core value, but it won't be a core value for everybody. So I think you can be a great planner, but bad at hospitality, totally fine. Um, if you recognize that for the sake of your event, and a lot of times it's unintentional, but if you start to think about hospitality in a new way as a core value or something to live up to or something to embody, it makes your planning process easier. Another thing is to get your clients to budget for this because they think hospitality is just a set of boxes to tick, like paying for um, a shuttle bus or um, getting meals according to dietary restrictions and whatnot. But you know, I think it's great if you have a hospitality point person for each event and somebody who genuinely wants to do that and that requires extra budget. So it's it's educating your client in the event planning process and then incorporating those core values into touch points that are tangible um, and deliverable, like a gift in your room if you're checking into a hotel or a gift in the car if you're being picked up from the airport having great signage. I know Logan always talks about signage at an event. Such <laughs> me, my pet peeve. Yep. Oh no, I think yeah, I've, I've put that in this podcast. I'm sure I've before. Yeah, that's all hospitality in my opinion. That's my definition. It's like making the time easy for somebody and it's um, having audience participation because the audience will feel like they're involved and not just spectators. And then the last few things in the event planning process are to live and breathe hospitality. And I could talk about this one a lot, probably for a different podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's like your personal brand. It's how you present yourself. It's etiquette. Because that's going to show respect for yourself, respect for your client. It will make you more relatable and professional. Um, and then we have to remember that it only takes seven seconds to make a first impression. And then if it's a virtual event, it's probably more like one. I've heard the phrase, 
uh, however many milliseconds to make a first impression online. So, so understanding that, making a great first impression and just in the, at the very end of the day, tapping into emotional intelligence. That's great. That's great to hear. I mean, I think let's like for putting it into kind of a tangible term for somebody listening, if they're an event planner or an event, event point person for an organization, let's say they're like a nonprofit and they have an upcoming gala and we'll just pretend it's in person. Um, like what would your advice be to that person knowing that they might have budgetary constraints? They're just a one person show of how they can kind of insert hospitality into their event. I would say um, research and anticipate needs because if you can't do anything that's going to cost money, at least you can answer questions before someone even has to ask. Oh, that's great. I, I am gonna. That. I do want to go back to your last question, Laura. I will say my first memory of hospitality as a worker was when I worked at a country club in Virginia when I was a student. And I came out with a late night snack and it was like little slider burgers. And as a server, they had us bring them out at like 11 p.m. And the sheer joy on <laughs> the guest face, mainly fueled with alcohol, but they were just <laughs> so happy to see us with these little <laughs> tiny burgers walking around the dance floor giving out a snack. And I was like, this is, I think right when the the late night snack concept came out for weddings and events. And it was so funny because, and that's where it would fall into my surprise and delight because it wasn't on the <laughs> menu anywhere. It wasn't planned. Maybe the couple had told some people it was happening, but it was just like people's sheer joy. And I have no, I couldn't tell you what food we served them for dinner, for appetizers, what color the dress was, the cake was, or any of the colors. But I do remember this like emotional reaction of me coming out with a plate of sliders and these people just like going insane. They couldn't believe it and were so excited. <laughs> that happened at um, our charity event in China together. And I got to um, carry in about 20 boxes of pizza at midnight. And the reaction, I felt like, felt like Superwoman or something. It was great. And that's that's the one thing I remember from that charity event was the, the pizza at midnight. Yeah. Surprising and delighting. Well, I just think it also <laughs> comes down to, like you're saying with hospitality, it's it's not just managing expectations, it's then exceeding them. So you're, yeah. you're managing people's expectations of, of what to what they should expect on their trip. But then instead of just hitting that, you're mm -hmm. doing something above and beyond, like those little things that you're talking about. And I feel like there are such like that, like a late night surprise or something like that, that could just inject some of that hospitality into your event. If you're someone who's not as big budget, I know some of our corporate events and our sporting events, they like that is the focus. Like if the players aren't happy, you don't have a tournament. And, you know, there's a lot of other things <laughs> that rely on that. Um, and so it doesn't have to look the same at every event. But I know, Lara, you always come to it with such intentionality in that. And never made the connection between your Southern hospitality and your love for hospitality. So that's pretty great. <laughs> well, help me being Good at home story. for the last, like during COVID, being at home. And I kind of connected the dots. I was like, wait a moment. We're really nice to guests here. And that's how I was raised. And those are the events I enjoyed the most. So, you know, I connected the dots, but it took me a while. I love that though. And I also want to just retouch on like, I, I really love that there's different levels of hospitality. So it's wonderful to know that if anyone's listening and you're like, well, I don't know where to begin. I think what I'm hearing is like, you'll just do something like, and it doesn't have to cost money. And eventually you could wrap it into your plan. Because I also really like what you said 
eventually you could budget for someone and like that is their role to focus in on that. Um, to me, that that sounds super valuable because it's that's easy to lose sight of, especially when it actually comes to the implementation. So just reiterating what you said, but I really like that. Um, and then also looking into the future, um, you know, we have hybrid events floating around. So how do you think we could emphasize hospitality as we move into hybrid events? It seems maybe a little more challenging since your audiences are separated. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? I think, um, especially after the last year, people need some hand-holding when they go around other people. And that also means online. If you're in the online audience, um, you know, interacting with other people seems to be a little bit hard. Um, and so I think having connection, first of all, with your virtual audience is key because I myself don't like to attend virtual events because the ones that I've been to, unfortunately, I've just felt like a spectator, not a member. And I've been, I think, to one and there was someone who contacted me from the very beginning and I could tell it wasn't a um, like a automatic email that was sent out that just plugged in my name. It was an actual person communicating with me and making sure that my registration process was easy. And I really appreciated that. So I think putting yourself in the shoes of a, um, being at home and participating in a hybrid event will really help. And along with personal contact. I've seen if you've got great budgets, um, engagement boxes in the mail. And so you're getting the same stuff that they're getting on site, um, but it's just in the mail, which I think is actually more exciting because I love mail. <laughs> but it, they're like cool little boxes. It's like your swag bag, but um, tailored to making your at-home experience better. So, I mean, it could be the ingredients to make the food. So you're having the same food as the people at the event. Um, it could also um, be, I don't know, just whatever's in your typical swag bag. And then another thing is polls and quizzes. And I know as a TV spectator, which like Logan, you've said that's a hybrid event. Yeah, I love the ones that have polls or quizzes and you can text in your answer. I think that's fun. That makes me want to watch it more. So it would be the exact same if I was watching it online. So it's definitely something that we have to start thinking about how to create personal connection with all of the virtual attendees. And I know that's hard because there could be thousands, but it can definitely be done. Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit like two episodes ago, making some of our predictions for the future mm -hmm. of events and talking about how we think the in-person experience will be more elaborate. So if anything, hospitality is even more important for those who are thinking about enticing people to come. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about hospitality, Any anything we might not have covered yet? I think we covered um, everything. Um, just remember, think about it in a way that it's an ideal or a core value, as well as a set of tasks that have to be done during your event. It's, you know, it's not um, just these things that you have to deliver. It's an emotional connection and using your emotional intelligence. 
It's amazing. Well, thank you, Laura. I'm very excited. I think like event design used to be something that was just under event management and now has definitely broken out into its own specialty. So I could definitely see hospitality continuing to carve its own way um, outside of hotels and um, you know, food and beverage. So thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you? So I'm online. My Instagram is Yarbrough underscore events. My website's lauriarbroughevents.com. And I have a YouTube channel if you also search uh, my name, Laura Yarbrough. And I do have to ask, will you be doing events in the UK once you make the move? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully all over Europe, because why not? There you go. So if you're interested in European events or British events, follow, follow Laura. And I think that brings us to our bonus tip time. Mary, I think we got you with the bonus tip today. Yes. Okay. So my bonus tip is coming with aid from Logan here. And so we were having a conversation and we decided this would be great to share with you all. So as we get back to in-person or hybrid events, and if you are a planner listening to this or someone who's involved in kind of like the back-end experience of an event, just remember that you're going to have to walk a lot. It's going to be exhausting, right? I think that is something we all know, but maybe have forgotten in this last year. And so with that being said, our bonus tip today is to remind you to go take some walks, to go and get your body used to that high level of energy that you have to have throughout the event. So start learning, relearning how to sustain yourself throughout the event and start going on those walks, getting your feet moving. Um, it may sound silly, but I uh, have experienced this from an event I did last weekend. It is the truth. Your body will thank you. Yeah, it's not just a health thing. It's actually like a business investment. We all need to, I always say my back hurts now more from virtual events versus my right. feet used to hurt from in-person. So yeah, definitely. That's a great one, Mary. And so if you want to continue to follow us on the Better Events Pod, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Better Events Pod, or you can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions of topics you'd like to hear. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, we're always looking for new and exciting content. So we appreciate you guys and thanks for listening. And we'll be back in your ears again next Wednesday. Thanks, everyone.